This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. As a dad, you're terrific. As a husband, you're more like a traffic cop. <laughs> Today's feature presentation is Freaky Friday from 1976. Katie, what is this one? Uh, it's a movie with the probably the first movie that Jodie Foster was ever in. <laughs> she was so young. Um, but the mom and daughter switch bodies. That's what happens. That's yeah, that's what happens. Um, I have some history on this one. It is based on a 1972 novel called Freaky Friday by Mary Rogers. Um, Mary Rogers also wrote the screenplay for this film for Disney and the film in general, it got decent, but not fantastic reviews from critics. So it's kind of like middling, but like slightly in a positive direction. Um, but it ended up grossing 36 million on a $5 million budget. So it was very successful from a commercial perspective. Um, it was nominated for three golden globe awards. It was best actress for a comedy or musical. And it was nominated twice for that one, once for both actress, uh, or both actresses. Um, and then also best original song. And the film did well enough that it got three remakes over time. So there was a 1995 made for TV film, a 2003 theatrical release film, um, which is what we're watching next week. And then a 2018 made for TV musical. So what do you think about this one, Katie? Wait, they made a musical? Apparently, yeah. Why? But it was it was like a made for TV one. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. This movie has some really bad 1970s bad stuff in it. <laughs> Mostly sexism. It's really bad. It's like yeah, it's so bad. so bad. <laughs> I mean, that's the main thing that like jumped out to me too that I want to talk about first is like the sexism is bad in this one, which it's been a hit and miss in the 70s, but when it's there it tends to be like really bad. Uh, but then we've had other 70s movies where it's just like not there. It's mm -hmm. really weird how it, it shows up randomly, but not all the time. But the severity of it when it is there is like almost like more than you would anticipate. I, I feel like when the movie includes a housewife, the sexism yes. is horrendous. Yeah, that's a really good point, which this one absolutely is about that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just everything between the mom and the dad is just awful. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, the so that's like the biggest bad thing. Jumping ahead, right to the bad and the good. Like that's obviously the worst thing in the movie. Um, the, my other high level thought I think was like them struggling with each other's day was pretty good. Even if like the daily life is definitely outdated compared to what we're used to now, I think the core plot still worked overall. I mean, it, it definitely does. Like, they're obviously what the, like what the mom does and what the daughter does was very nineteen seventies. But yeah, you could translate that into any decade, and it would still be the same. Yeah, they just should keep remaking this movie every twenty years and no. see what changes. <laughs> Stop that! No, no, maybe I don't know. That would mean we're about due for another one, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they like made another one but then did it not with mom and the daughter but like the dad and the son or something yeah which is almost like implied at the end of it mm -hmm. um which i mean that kind of takes us into the moments is there any like moment you want to call out to kick us off uh i just want to talk about how bad the dad is 
He's bad. We can start there. Yeah. It's a very valid place to start. I mean, he doesn't have any clue what's going on in his kids' lives. I mean, also the mom doesn't really either uh, to a certain extent. And the dad is just like, I work and I come home and expect everything to just be done. And he takes advantage of like all of the work that his wife does when he's at work, you know, making the money. And I'm just, I can't. Yeah, it is the most stereotypic uh, sexist tropes and roles, uh, basically, that you could imagine throughout the whole movie, especially in that one context, I guess, is what we're talking about, is like the the housewife with like a working husband context. Like, it, that's throughout the entire movie. There's so many things we could just spend like an hour calling them out. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, I do, I do find that like, but the one thing that's shared between this movie and the next one is like the lack of communication and understanding yes. between the mom and the daughter. Right. Because obviously it's generational because she's 13 and her mom is obviously older than that. So, but her mom has a certain level of expectations that her daughter isn't meeting, but they don't really talk about why. Like why her daughter, like why her mom has such high expectations and why her daughter isn't meeting that. Right. Yeah. Um. So then there's just a lot of like just not understanding between the two, which is what makes them switching um, like their consciousness, switching bodies uh, helps them to truly understand like, what does my daughter go through every single day when she's not here? And uh, the internal monologue is pretty funny because she's just like, of course she eats like crap. No wonder she never comes home and eats. <laughs> yeah, it's. I didn't know if I'd like that. The fact that they were like, they used narration as like a plot device throughout a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. But once we got to the part where they switched bodies, I was like, oh, they basically have to do it to like make some of this work, you know, because they're the actresses have now switched roles and they're playing each other. And then the internal monologue is still the person that it started out as. So you kind of need that for the context of what's going on and what they're thinking internally versus how they're acting in front of you. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because the whole, the whole situation between the two is always like, how, how bad could your life possibly be? Right. Because in her daughter's mind, her mom stays home all the time, which means she, believes that she doesn't you know she probably doesn't do anything right and then her daughter's like well you're the mom's like you're in middle school how awful could your life be and i'm just like well definitely ain't easy on either side yeah so and i mean that you know so we kind of hit the basic premise of the film is they like switch bodies um Mm -hmm. or they switch minds however you want to think about it but they swap places and um they're struggling with each other's day. So it's like the daughter in the mom's body is like trying to do laundry and oh just God. like messes it up. And there's this huge like soap and suds and overflowing and the laundry machines making a horrible sound. And it's like she has no idea what she's doing. Um, and the mom in the daughter's body is like, can't use an electric typewriter because it's electric and, you know, can't play in the band and like has to go play field hockey in place of her daughter. And she's like, oh, this is really hard. And, you know, um, all these appointments start showing up at the house for the mom with the, you know, the daughter in the mom's body. And she's like, there's so many appointments that she's trying to juggle throughout the day. So they get this sense of each other's day, but it's also where they lean into the comedy of them just being totally unprepared for everyday life from the other one. 
I really did. The the part where she was like loading the washing machine, I was just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like I was losing my mind. I was like, how could yeah. you? When she's like on t- standing on top of it, trying to like push everything in there. I was like, um, that thing is broken. Like this isn't going to work. Yeah, this is not going to go how you think it's going to go. <laughs> I was like, this is already a disaster. But uh-huh. it is interesting because she gets a real look at like, like when she's not there, like when the daughter's not there, like this is what her mom has to do is that she has to juggle, you know, four or five different appointments at the same time while, you know, taking phone calls or paying bills or, you know, making the food that you eat or washing all of your clothes, cleaning up the house, blah, blah, blah. And her mom's life yeah. is not easy. No, it's not. Um, Well, they there's some weirdness in here, too, with like when the daughter's in the mom's body and then she's like hitting on the guy that she likes that's closer to her age and there's just weird like age gap stuff where you're like this feels so wrong and awkward and luckily they never go like all the way to a point where it's like oh that's like horrible but it's just the whole time it feels like gross and off and wrong like there were two moments where it was just so uncomfortable like yeah uncomfortable is the good word for it when when she called Boris to come over and like she was getting dressed and then she was trying to like cute for him and I'm just like, no, you're the mom. This is weird. And then the way that uh, the mom inside Annabelle like treated the secretary was gross. Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, so you're the new secretary. I was like, the fact that you just instantly believe that your husband's going to cheat on you with the secretary who you know nothing about. Ew. Right. It's back to like sexism just through a different lens. Right. Yeah. It was just like, but I mean, eventually when the her, you know, dad, husband, whatever, he's like, oh, well, she's, you know, struggling with this and that and like with her husband and medical bills and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, you don't know anything. And she goes, I feel awful. I was like, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But I mean, that's what the whole movie is about is like learning to, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes, like literally, literally most of the time. Um, I want to jump back. So there's some stuff at the end I want to talk about, but I want to jump back Mm -hmm. to like the very beginning and some of the stuff that happens at the beginning that we glossed over Yeah, because it is so 70s that I have to call it out. Okay. So the actual intro to the whole movie is like 70s through and through. It's this like stop motion paper cutout intro with some of the most 70s graphics over the top that we've seen (laughs) in a long time. Yeah. And it's over this like song that you can tell is like made for the movie called I'd Like to Be You for a Day. And I was just like, wow, this feels very very 70s while we're watching and then the other time where i was just like yep we're completely 100 percent in the 70s was the over dramatic i wish i could switch places with her for a day they both stayed at the same time and there's this like flashy trippy 70s like cg graphics over the top of it that is just like over the top and so bad and so tacky from a modern standard oh boy yeah but i like it's it worked at the time, right? Like it yeah. was effective storytelling t- for the time. It's just so dated that it jumped out to me. I mean, also like when you mentioned like the budget, like that they made this movie like with five five million dollars. I was like, yeah, I was like, most of the budget probably went to that horrendous CGI scenes that they've done. But 
Um, or like the really bad backdrop because they didn't really have CGI then, but like the backdrop stuff, it was just terrible. But yeah, I was like, is that where your money went? <laughs> well, and, okay, so some of the like backdrops, some of the special effects and things. So towards the end of the movie, which is kind of where we were getting, they have this whole sequence that lead up leads up to the very end of the movie where it's like a car chase and water skiing stunts simultaneously <sighs> at the same time from two different perspectives. And it's just like... They felt like they had to cram like a double action sequence in here. And it was so weird. And at the same time, some of the stunt, again, I feel like we've said this a bunch of time in the 70s. It's not shot the way that modern stunts are, where it makes it feel really impressive. But if you stop and you actually like think about the stunt that's happening in front of you and that a stunt person actually did that in real life because there was no other way to do it at the time, it's like, oh, that was actually very impressive. Like, all the water skiing stuff was pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will say that this scene went on for eons. It was too long. Yeah. I ended up, like, fast-forwarding through part of it. I was like, this is taking way too long. (laughs) I was like, it's unnecessary. They were like, we have to get to this amount of time with the movie. So they made the car chase scene. Like, it felt like it was 10 minutes long. It was really long. And then they switch back places in the middle of it. But instead of just switching back their minds, their bodies switch back. Yeah. And that part didn't really make sense to me either. No. It was just like they physically switched where their bodies were in space. And it was just like, okay, that's not how it happened the first time. But okay, I guess we're going to just roll with it. I I guess. It was just weird. It was Um, weird. I do. I will say, though, that I appreciate... Because, like, the daughter never drove when she was as the mom, right? When she went to go pick up the son at school. Yeah. She was like, driving? I'm not doing that. And I was like, good, smart, safety. (laughs) Until later, obviously, when she ends up driving the car. But I do appreciate that part. (laughs) Yeah, it was good. Well, and then, so we're kind of, like, at the end of the movie from a plot standpoint. But one of the very last things is that the dad and the son start talking about how, like, they basically set it up for like they don't understand each other's day and think the other person has it so easy and they want to change places. You're like, oh, no, like, I see what you're doing here, Disney. We don't need to do this. I was like, they're setting it up for a sequel that we no one asked for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that kind of gets us to the bad and the good. I feel like we we jumped the gun very early, but let's talk about the bad again. It's it's the sexism mm-hmm. and the dad as a character. Mm hmm both i don't know what else to say about it we said a bunch already um i mean there's also like quite a bit of bullying for no reason towards the daughter and then like her friends are not great either yeah like the way that you know like when she started answering all the questions in history and like they make i think she calls it out where like they make fun of you if you're too smart and then make fun of you if you're not smart enough and i'm just like there's no winning here no terrible it's frustrating but uh, yeah it's so those are the parts that didn't work for us um the good uh i said the two main actresses are both great at playing their own characters and then also the other character in their body like they cast those two roles extremely well and both of them did a great job at it um that's like the biggest thing and then i also kind of mentioned it but like some of the actual stunt work towards the end was really impressive even if it wasn't shot in an impressive way yeah um, I really like the crossover between the characters. Like, they did a pretty good job of 
like for both of them. And I kind of liked how like when the daughter was the mom, she sort of stood up for her mom in like different ways. Like the one, um, the housekeeper or whatever was always like really rude and mean to the mom. So she just like straight up fired her. She's like, forget this. This is messed up and got rid of her. So yeah, that was good. So would we watch it again? No, I'm okay. <laughs> no, I'll skip it because the sexism. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just I don't need I don't need to do that again for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys want to watch along, what we have coming up next, we're gonna do Freaky Friday from 2003, which is much less sexism because <laughs> we've watched it already. I can tell you that, but um, it's interesting to compare and contrast these two a little bit. And then we're going to do Escape to Witch Mountain from 1975, Race to Witch Mountain from 2009, and The Rescuers from 1977. Um, Don't forget we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com. Which brings us to Weekly Geekery. Katie, what are you geeking out about this week? Um, I went to a hockey game on Saturday with Joe from Geektitude. Oh, cool. Yeah, they uh, got a hockey game out a hockey game a hockey team out where he lives um and the hockey team is like the club or minor league team for um what do you call it uh the seattle kraken which is like the nhl team there um they're super good like this hockey team um and i also It was kind of funny because I I like the Ducks, like the Anaheim Ducks. Like, that's my favorite hockey team. Yeah. Um, And the team they were playing, which was the San Diego Gulls, also happened to be the club team for the Ducks. So it felt a little weird, like cheering for a different team. (laughs) I was like, don't tell anybody. (laughs) Um, But it was very fun. Like people the people in that in that area because it's like the coachella valley high desert area so they have really embraced this hockey team so it's just everyone is there and are now like diehard firebird fans and stuff and joe and his husband diehard firebird fans <laughs> it's cute i like cool. it it was That's really cute yeah um and then i had a movie night with a friend um last week i think we watched stargate which had you seen it before like the original stargate movie yes like a really long time ago so i didn't really remember a lot from it um i know that like this is the movie that sparked the tv show correct yeah yeah so we watched it and it was (laughs) i remembered the more we watched it the more i remembered and i was just like some of the stuff just like didn't make any sense right you're (laughs) just like he like the the unnecessary love story that was thrown in that didn't need to be a part of it and then i was getting frustrated with the fact that like once they figured out that the like the civilization like the people that they uh found when they went through the stargate like once they figured out that they were speaking ancient egyptian they didn't they wouldn't translate what they were saying (laughs) I was like, just translate it like on the screen, because like one character now understands what they're saying. So you should just assume that we all know what they're saying, too, and just translate what the hell they're saying. Yeah, I could see that being frustrating. It was annoying, but it was it had been a really long time since I saw it. So it was fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For me this week, I 
I kind of dipped my toe back into Marvel comics, which I do every once in a while. Uh, I kind of renewed my subscription to Marvel Unlimited, which is there just like you get access to everything. You know, everything wants to be a subscription now. So it's Marvel's like comic subscription. Mm-hmm. And in it, I found that they have this whole series now called Marvel Infinity Comics. And it's basically like webtoons for Marvel. Oh. Where it's Marvel characters, it's in continuity, it's in the universe. Um, but they're all structured for your phone. So it's just an infinite scrolling comic, just just like Webtoons, basically. But it's included as part of your Marvel Unlimited subscription. So I've been like slowly dabbling in those and finding the ones that click with me. Um, and there are like full on comics in there that, like I said, they're in continuity. All of them are in continuity. But there are ones that are just like slice of life. And I find myself drawn more towards those. And there's this one called It's Jeff. And it is my favorite one out of them so far. It's it's Jeff. Jeff is it's Jeff. Yeah, he's like this very smart, like walking land shark, who's like a pet of. I think he's like the current Hawkeye's pet or something oh. like that. Um, and it's all about him and just kind of like him putzing around and just doing stuff in the world like i said it's slice of life it's not about like defeating the villain you know it's just about like what jeff is doing in a day and it's oddly compelling and it doesn't have a whole lot of like dialogue like almost none at all it's kind of just images and i like it a lot so i want to give it's jeff a shout out nice yeah um i had another one listed here but i'll probably save it for next week so that's probably it for tonight you guys can find us all over the internet our email address is disney forever podcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at disney ever pod you can also talk to us in real time by joining our slack workspace or discord server i blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and you can find me on both twitter and instagram by searching the handle at lady Catherine p i'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend tea time with katie and chelsea and you can't stop me loving k-pop this has been disney forever with katie and void we'll be back next week as long as disney keeps making content that can't be forever right i mean didn't you just say that you wanted more freaky fridays maybe one more no